You are beautiful. You're made beautiful, Mark. You're great. And I literally stood back and I'm looking at myself top to bottom. And it was the first time in my life, Matt, that I completely accepted myself. Hello and welcome to the One Heart Podcast, sponsored by One Heart, One Light. One Heart, One Light is an authentic, diverse community of men and women who have a background with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We choose to love and be loved unapologetically. We teach unique tools to apply Christ's atonement, and we are a bridge to becoming one with self, others, and God. Today our guest is Mark Rowley. Having walked to the edge between faith and atheism, being ready to reject God, Mark began to see himself as a son of God. Mark has learned to love God and himself and has the desire to help others see their own beauty and be a light to those who may be on a similar journey. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Matt. It's good to see you today. I appreciate your your time, and I've been looking forward to the conversation. It's it struck me, Mark, since we met. It's been what a couple of years ago. It was at a men's retreat in Georgia, and honestly, it surprised me then, and it still surprises me a little bit that a non Latter Day Saint is hanging out with with these Latter Day Saint guys and. Um, you know, we talk a lot about emotional wellness and emotional literacy and kind of getting rid of the false self. And my question is, how did you come to, to pal around with this group? What was it that led you on this journey? Uh, Matt, uh, <laughs> it's a great question and equally a, a, a hard question. And, uh, let me try to sum it up this way. Um, unbeknownst to your brothers Jeff and your brothers Jeremy from One Heart, One Light, who I met two and a half plus years ago at a different retreat, unbeknownst to them, um, I was in a place where I was searching and I didn't even know it. Um. I was in a place where I was looking back at my decades of teaching, my decades of going through various churches, different faiths, many congregations, sure. and looking back at how did it serve me and how did I serve my God through that. And it was about three and a half years ago that, believe it or not, I actually considered walking away from, as I call it, God. And there were many things in the, my, uh, I'm 48 years old. So through a lot of my life, I was taught things that, um, I was taught things that I should do. Tell me, tell me just a little bit about, for our listeners' sake, what a little bit more about your background and, and what was kind of the environment in which you were raised. Where was it that you were taught shoulds and shouldn'ts, and what did that look like a little bit? Yeah, um, so I'm uh, kind of a southeastern United States, Florida-born. I mean, uh, grew up in Florida and Navy brat, um, 
was raised Methodist. And then I uh, chose, oh my gosh, Southern Baptist on my own. I, my family freaked out. What are you doing going to Southern Baptist in high school? And, and I was really just kind of chasing my, my friends in high school and that's where they went. So I wanted to go. Uh, then I went to a um, kind of an Episcopalian, then to a uh, um, a little bit more of a um, charismatic, speaking in tongues. Uh, <laughs> I went all over the place. And um, um, I was chasing. I, I really believe looking back, I was chasing. I was chasing for affirmation that God heard me and more so that I can hear from God, that, that I existed. And, and the best I can say is, God, do you hear me? Do you, do you see me down here? And there are many things along my path that I heard that troubled me as if, if I don't do this or do that, or if I have done those things, which some of which I have. Sure. That somehow I'm not going to, God's not going to love me. God's not going to want me. I'm not going to achieve that place in heaven. Sure. And um, it troubled me. And so I developed a little bit more of a universalist type approach, um, trying to somehow reconcile and uh, diminish and even push down what I was taught, what, what I really believed. And the belief of the desire was to connect with God, to connect with Christ, honestly, my, my, my faith. And, uh, but I felt somehow as if I was told I didn't deserve that. And then uh, three years ago or so, here I am on a retreat out in the beautiful <laughs> woods. And lo and behold, two guys approached me and I had no idea who they were. And we're talking, and it was Jeff and Jeremy from your, from our hardware life, your and now my organization that I'm, I'm a, a part of. Sure. They started speaking to me about this retreat. And they encouraged me to stay in touch. And so I went to One Heart, One Light with the knowledge that I was considering consciously trying to separate myself from God, from Christ. I was going to the retreat with this belief that before you reject me, God, I'll reject you. Sure. Just push him away. Yeah. And it was a protection. And I was told it was a safe place to do this. I was told it was a safe place to bring my pushback, to bring my questions. And I've been to many, many different experiential weekends, Matt. When I say many, many men's retreats, many experiential weekends in my life. And this was the first that welcomed my spirituality, even no matter how fragmented it was. Sure. How much in question it was, I was told bring it. So I'm like, all right, I, I, I'm going to bring it. <laughs> and uh, so I brought. Um, I showed up at the the, the light within retreat. Um, very curious, very open. And the the to sum it all up, what I can say is what I got out of it was when I walked out 
that retreat, what I what I knew in myself was that while I may question what I was taught, while I may question what the pastor said or what what the doctrine says or what the book says. Yeah, I may question that. But guess what? I don't I don't need to question or renegotiate my relationship with God. When did that come to you and how, how and in what way did you experience that? I really believe I always knew it, Matt. But I needed... I needed men and brothers and sisters like you to to confirm that in me. I needed to know that it was okay to question what I believed. I needed to know that it was okay to be angry, to be upset, to scrutinize so much of what I was taught. And then it was okay. Um... So, I came to the retreat with a hunger, with the desire, with curiosity. What I left with was um, confirmation and witnessing my brothers right alongside me, a willingness to acknowledge and even to some surrendering the questions, the confusion, whatever it was, the stuff that I had. And an openness to receiving whatever it was that God, Christ, wanted to reveal to me. Um, what I left with was the belief and the truth that, that I can have this dialogue with God. I can have this dialogue with Christ. It's okay. And I did it alongside some beautiful men that that did it with me, that showed me that it was okay, that gave me permission to question and be angry, gave me permission to say things that I would never say in my church, I would never say to my parents. Um, so, um, I came to One Heart, One Light in the Light Within Retreat because I truly was on the verge of you know, walking away because because I, I just didn't know how to reconcile. And, uh, and so, in other I, words, just for just for clarity's sake, it sounds like the messages you received through religion or or from parents or from whoever basically was kind of forcing you into this this notion that. Well, if if that's the case, then then I have to just distance myself from God. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, well, you know, I I I don't I don't want to be rejected. I don't know anybody that would want to. So my my thought was, well, before I'm rejected, then I, I'll reject you, and that was, uh, and I consciously knew that. Well, tell me a little bit about that because from what I understand and what you've said in the past is that you, you, you've always been 
fairly religious. You've, you've, you, know, yeah. you mentioned sitting on the front row of church. It's like you've, you've sought after God, but somewhere along the way, these messages said, well, he's going to reject you anyway. So why, why try? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, namely, um, those messages, the, um, that I took on, um, those beliefs that somehow I am, um, I'm not worthy that, uh, that, that, that somehow, um, I am not part of the kingdom of God. That's that somehow I, I will not, um, be called or achieved somehow that, uh, that I'm, uh, <laughs> that, uh, I'm just some remnant. Um, it really revolved around my sexuality and, um, I identify as a gay man and 20 plus years ago, I, uh, I did everything I can to, to, uh, fight that. I went to what some call conversion therapy what, what, sure. what is conversion therapy and, and conversion camps. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, um, land blasting them because quite frankly, at the place I was in my life, I really, I really believe they saved my life. Sure. Cause, uh, you're also talking to somebody who, um, you know, had a gun in his a gun in his lap at one o'clock in the morning, with a, mm-hmm. you know, loaded gun, and had considered uh, ending my life because I didn't know how to reconcile, and and there was no way I was going to be an abomination. Sure. And just those lies, um. Because I'm not an abomination. I, I truly believe I am. Uh, I am a, a creation of God, as I believe you and so all of us are. Right. And um, but uh, you know, and, and that's my belief. That may not be everybody's. Um, but uh, it was in that and trying to reconcile um, my faith. Um, how does that fit in? And uh, largely. You know, I, I was taught there's no alternative. It's 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 this or that. There's no end. And what I've learned is that that while I may question what I was taught, while I may question what I read, while I may question what I heard. While I may attempt to renegotiate, compromise what I've heard and what I've been taught, and I accept that then human. Sure. While I may do that, I do not have to renegotiate. I do not have to confuse or reconsider my relationship with Creator. I do not need to ever do that. And I was at a point, Matt, where I was going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I was going to walk away from it all. And that's where your brothers told me, hey, you don't, you don't have to. Tell me, tell me about your relationship with God right now, because it sounds like it's 180 degrees from just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, my relationship with God is one that... Um, I I try to walk uh, with 
it's, it's, it's a walk with. Sure. Um, for instance, somebody uh, reached out to me recently and it was an anonymous person. Um, I had posted some things about just trying to um, uplift some people and, and it, it garnered some anonymous texts um, that I received, which were a blessing. And um, somebody had asked me, do you pray? And, and it was difficult because I said, well, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure what you mean by praying. I commune. Sure. I try to communicate. I try to listen. I try to almost in every aspect of my life. If at today, at, at, at just a moment's notice, um, it's eight. Look at the time. It's eight fifty-four. About five hours ago, I was in the middle of a, a forest. <laughs> And call it weird, but what I heard was stop. What I heard was stop and look around and tell me what you see. Because I'm trying to show you what I've created. Wow. And I literally just stopped for five minutes or so. And I slowly looked around and I saw what I call creation. I saw what, what I believe God created. Sure. Me, that was the communion. It, it wasn't. It wasn't that I stopped and knelt down, you know, by my bedside and prayed, which is beautiful, and I honor that, especially the discipline of that. But my relationship now is one that I want to always be open to God. Tell me, um, show me, speak to me at all hours, twenty four seven. If you need to wake me at two in the morning, wake me. Sure. You need to jar me, jar me. If you, whatever it is. So my relationship is is such that I truly believe that I am a a walking creation, a walking mirror, a walking image of Creator, and that through an openness and willingness, prayer, communication, a dialogue, that. I can see things that I could tell you several years ago I wouldn't have seen. I can see a perspective sure. that I wouldn't have seen several years ago. I can look at the mirror today and see somebody who I love. <laughs> well, that's what I was starting to take away was was not just that, hey, I love God now, whereas a couple years ago I I didn't think I did. But you certainly have a different, I believe, take on yourself than you had a couple of years ago. A uh, relationship. Yeah. Uh, that's an understatement, Matt. Complete understatement. Right. Uh, this is how much of an understatement it is. Um, before I started doing this type of work, before I started connecting, allowing myself to be open and vulnerable with my brothers and sisters before I allowed that. I can promise you that when I looked in the mirror, I hated everything that I saw. Sure. And and what sickened me was I knew in my faith, you know, I was gonna say the top two commands in Matthew, love the Lord your love the Lord with all your heart, soul, spirit, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Sure. Different versions in the gospels. Sure. And I always remember that love your neighbor as yourself. 
Matt, I hated myself. So I knew intrinsically that I was hating my neighbors. Sure. I feared myself. So I was fearing my neighbors. I was fearing you. I didn't even know myself. So certainly I'm not going to know my neighbors. And then after I started doing this work, um, there was a time, truly the epiphany, and I remember the exact moment here in this house, right down that hallway, that I was getting ready for work in the morning, shaving, yeah, just in the bathroom, looking in the mirror like I traditionally do. Sure. And I started, I just, I saw myself differently all of a sudden. And I started smiling. And I started laughing. I kind of stood back from the mirror and I'm going, it's like, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I love myself. I literally am looking at myself going, oh my God, you're beautiful. Wow. Like, and, and I'm not. I'm not saying physically beautiful. Hey, man, I can lose some weight. All right, I, I could I could body shame myself all day long. I'm talking about like just my soul, my spirit. It was just like I literally look back. I'm like, you are beautiful. You're made beautiful, Mark. You're great. And I literally stood back and I'm looking at myself, top to bottom. And it was the first time in my life, Matt, that I completely accepted myself and loved everything I saw. That is huge. <laughs> that is huge. How, how has that, how has that changed the way you view others? How was that revolutionized was your life? It, how's it changed a revolution, Matt? So the whole, you know, the, again, the, the, the verse I about love your neighbor as yourself at that moment after it was instinctual, you see, because, I love myself at that moment. Right. And through mirrors, projections, through just natural, I promise you I loved you. I promise you I love my neighbor because I love myself. Love my neighbors myself. It was no longer a chore. I didn't have to try. I didn't have to think about it. It was innate because I'm just reflecting what I have. And I love myself. I'm reflecting it. I mean, I don't know how to explain, but I'm talking about seeing coworkers walking down the steps in the stairwell and I'm talking on, how are you doing? I want to connect with you. How are you doing? It was a, the ability to see and accept my flaws, my questions, my imperfections, and, and to love myself. I naturally, without even thinking about it, it was exuded to anybody around me. And I'm saying that not as me. I'm telling you, other people said this to me, Matt. Sure. It, it wasn't, it was a rev, it was a light as today, a switch went off. That's awesome. What, I, what I'm hearing and, and just kind of thinking through my mind is, you know, when God looks at you, he sees a son of God. He sees a creation of his own in his image as he does with all of us. And, yeah. and uh, it's easy, I think, for us as humans to kind of project onto God, well, you know, you need to behave this way if, if you know, you want God to love you. But I, I think more, and, and what I came to at my first men's retreat was also from a place of, of self-loathing, self-hatred. I never lived up to my own expectations. 
but I came to this point where I kind of saw myself as a newborn baby, hmm. realizing that the babies come in the world and they are just loved. Everybody loves them. And they, have they accomplished anything? No, they haven't accomplished anything, but they're, they're so valuable. And, you know, beyond any measure that we have. And I think that's the way God sees every one of us. Agree. Yeah. And, and to find that, um, that connection, that unity, the, uh, no matter from which doctrine, which church, which pew, which congregation, which, which, which ward, which some wards are different. Sure. No matter any of that, no matter age, all that, um, what I found was a oneness, a connection, a unity in um, the desire and the support from my brothers and my sisters to um, to connect to that, to connect to Christ, to connect to Creator, to uh, tap in to all that I'm created to be and to live in that fullness. Um, and as you said before, uh, at my first retreat, I, as I recall, majority of the people had no idea that I was not a member, you know, of Latter-day Saints until like halfway through or even almost over halfway through the retreat. Right. And the beauty of it's, it, it didn't matter in that sense that I just felt we were all unified, it, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're all children of God. Whether we espouse a certain doctrine or or not, we're still of the family of God. And and I, you know, I believe that what that's what God wants. He wants us to love and accept each other, no matter where we're at on our eternal journey, and you know, no matter what truths we happen to be, you know, whatever we're we're His children. So that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um, let's let's end with a question, I guess, about what what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's struggling with self-loathing, who's maybe struggling to reconcile their relationship with God, and maybe they're standing at that precipice where you were saying, "I don't, I don't think I can do this God thing anymore." Hmm. That's a, that's, 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 it's a big question. It's so hard. Cause I was there. I mean, I was so ready to give up. And, and again, you're, your guys didn't know that. <laughs> they had no idea where I was. Um, I'm sad. I hear you. I'm sad because I understand what it can feel like, pain, and equally the courage it must take for any of you to consider walking away, abandoning, diverging from all that you may have been taught or believed or espoused, because that was me. 
The the thing that uh, kept me going, Matt, and, and I'll just speak to any of your listeners, would be that um, I had to separate man from God. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so, sounds so silly, but I had to separate so much of what I was taught or where I was harmed or the harmful things that were said to me by believers, by followers, by my church members. The things that I was latching onto that were impregnated right here. I had to recognize that that was man saying that, that wasn't God saying that to me. And, uh, I really, really had to really understand and say, you know, let, let me not let me give God another chance, but it was, let me just hear from God. Let me go to a place where I can really commune and hear from God. Sure. Um, to, to separate all, all the other voices, if the voices are good intention, you know, again, from my church leaders and my, my brothers and sisters and fellowship, I mean, no matter how good intention to separate that, lack of a word, I'm going to call it the noise. But um, um, and the other part, it was just scary. It was scary as heck. Sure. To think, what would I do? What would I do without a belief? <laughs> in creator or belief in something greater than myself and honestly without a belief in purpose sure I, I don't know where that would have landed me and it was scary and um, so the I guess that the message would be is um, I would encourage anybody to, to separate the two to recognize it, yeah, man, I, Matt, any of us may say something that offends you, that you may not agree with, that may even hurt you to the core. But I'm not God, and Matt's not God, and you know, and uh, thank you, Mark. That's that, that's beautiful. I mean, it and that that message definitely resonates with me and and should resonate with with any latter-day saint because that's that's our whole belief that you know, started our church was separating what men were saying from what god was saying and and i think it's perfect advice for any of us is go to god what does what yes. does god think of you you know if you've got bingo yeah issues with what men are saying well obviously it it worked for you hearing hearing a more pure message and being able to weed out whatever beliefs you had brought in and say, okay, those aren't of God. I, I choose to reject them. I choose to believe something better about myself. Yes. Has changed your life. It's, uh, it's done more than that, Matt. <clears throat> it saved my life. As I told you, um, yeah. it's, I'm only here because of that. That's beautiful. Mark, thank you. I'll um listen, we'll we'll talk again later. Thank you for being on the show today. 
And uh, I appreciate your words of wisdom and your heartfelt love of, of self and God. That's beautiful. Hey, thank you. Take care. All right. You as well. Thanks again for listening to the One Heart Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe and check us out online at oneheartonelight.org.